Everybody, how are y'all doing? Yeah? Hey, uh, my name is Clayton, pastor at Central, and I'm excited about today's message. It's going to be a good one. Hey, if you'd like to follow along with us today, uh, you can just scan the QR code that's on the screens anywhere you see those, and that'll take you to uh, the message notes for today where you can fill those in, save those, or uh, however else you would like to, to do that. Uh, but before we begin, before we continue in our, in our service, uh, I've got a special announcement. So, you know, if you're, if you're a central light, if like you're people that come here all the time, you know um, one of our legendary staff members, Matt Flint, who's sitting over there drinking energy drink. I just saw that, uh, by the way. And he, he uh, retired back uh, January 1st. And a part of the process of him retiring, because he did so many things over the past year, we've been transitioning his roles and responsibilities to different people. And we have actually, uh, with the, the personnel committee and the staff, we've been uh, praying about that. And we have found um, a, a person to help fill one of the big shoes that we have here in our, our church uh, that Matt has been um, overseeing. And that is we're creating a brand new position called the business administrator um, for right here at Central. And that person is a, is a church member. And uh, she's not here today because her, her uh, daughter is playing soccer. Uh, so I talked to her last night. She's not going to be able to be here today. But I wanted to introduce her to you real quick so you would know who she is. And her name is right up on the screen right there with her picture. And it's Mandy Sullivan. So if you know Mandy, um, Mandy's awesome. Uh, she owns her own business. She's going to be doing this part-time, helping out the church. And she is incredible. In fact, she, you know, she told me through this whole process, she's like, Clayton, I am unqualified for this position. And I leaned over to her and I was like, hey, we're all unqualified <laughs> for the positions we're in. But out of, out of everybody um, on our staff, she's probably the most qualified. And so we're pumped that she is uh, going to be um, on our, our team and our staff, and we're excited. So if you see her in the hallways or wherever, just uh, tell her thank you for, for listening to God's call in her life uh, to be a part um, of leadership here um, at Central. Well, hey, if you're just joining us, if you just, this is your first time here, let me give you a little background of what we've been doing. Over the last uh, several weeks, we've been doing a message, message series called Stretched Thin. And during this series, we've been talking about a lot of things like stress and anxiety um, and depression. It's been awesome. It's been so exciting, right? Everybody's like, Ugh. I just want to say, I want to say thank you to Noah, our, our student pastor. You saw him on the screen. He preached last week on depression. Glad I didn't have to do that one, uh, but he did a fabulous job. It was really good. But all these things are life issues that, that we all are dealing with. And my hope for you is that you will be refreshed um, through this series, and you, you'll, be, you'll be challenged uh, through this series. And today we're going to wrap up our series called Stretched Thin, and i got to bring out the guy that I brought out the first week which is uh, our, our Stretch Armstrong right here, okay? So if you had Stretch Armstrong growing up, this is the real deal. Got it off of Amazon, okay? A little expensive, but inflation, whatever, okay? So like this Stretch Armstrong, man, this guy's awesome. And it's kind of a, a great illustration of life that um, and sometimes life stretches us in different ways. And man, it's, it's tough and difficult. And one of the great things about um, this illustration is that if Stretch Armstrong works right and you stretch him out, what does he do when he... When you let go, that was kind of weird. But he, uh, he, he goes back to his, his, the way that he was created to be. And God does the same thing for us. He has an answer for us in the middle of us being stretched thin. In fact, it's in Matthew chapter 11. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn um, to Matthew chapter 11 um, this morning. 
And we'll be in a lot of the places, but this is kind of our main verse for today. But check out what this verse says. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus says this. You've probably heard this before. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Anybody? Anybody? I mean, right now, I could list them all. The heavy burdens that I carry for my family, for this, this church, and for life, and other things that are going on. We all... Uh, have that going on. We're all carrying heavy burdens and are weary. And Jesus says this, come to me, all of you who are like that, and here's what I'll do for you. I will give you rest. I want you to know this morning that Jesus, he can give you rest for, for everything that you're dealing with, for your stress, for your anxiety, if you have depression, uh, mental health issues. Jesus is the answer to, to those things. If you haven't listened to all those messages, you can go out and watch on YouTube or Facebook and, and listen to those, those messages about how Jesus is the answer. And for today's topic, he is also, throw that back there, he's also the answer um, for, for us. Today we're going to be talking about a topic that, that is sweeping across our, our culture. It doesn't matter if you're in church, if you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, it's something that we all face. Today we're going to talk about the dangers of burnout. Anybody ever been burned out? Anybody burned out right now? Okay. Well, let me tell you a little bit of my story of burnout because I have a PhD in burnout, okay? Um, professional burnout um, victim. Back in 2003, I started out um, in ministry and I was uh, working at a, a youth camp, okay? And so we worked just from dawn to dusk, you know, it was just crazy. All summer, we were college students, had the time of our lives, got paid nothing, and they just, it was like slave labor. It was bad, but it was the best, best summer of our lives. But I learned, in a way, how to do ministry, which was you just go, 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 go. And you never quit and you never stop. And then in 2005, I started out as a student pastor, and I learned how to do ministry which was, it's all on you. You're getting paid to do this, and you go, and you just work really hard. And so year after year, that was kind of my story. And a decade passes, and you, guys, you know that I used to be 6'3", skinny, and I had a full head of hair. Like, seriously. And this is what, this is what has happened to me because of ministry. Right? No, no, like, I mean, literally, like, during that, during that time, I, I gained weight. My hair actually fell out. Um, and, but more than any of that, my relationship with the Lord suffered, even as a pastor, because of the nonstop way that I was, that I was living life. And everything got a little crazy in 2017. So I'm a student pastor, and we have a great growing youth ministry, about 140 kids coming on Wednesday nights, and it was just, it was insane. It was just out of control, and it was awesome. Uh, but I was in charge of all that. And then our, our worship pastor, he, he, he uh, retired, he left, and our, my pastor came to me and said, hey, would you, would you uh, mind leading worship just for a couple weeks? That's it, right? And six months later, I'm still leading worship, okay? So I'm leading worship, doing that as well. And then we're also, at the same time, we're, we're building a $2.5 million youth facility, and I'm in charge of all of that. So every day, I'm, I'm working through all that and trying to figure all that out. And then there was this time where, uh, right in the middle of all this, that that we wanted to start a, a guest relations ministry, kind of a first impressions ministry. And I said, and I was like, hey, I'll do that. 
you know, I'll do that. I can do that. I can take care of that. I, you know, i got plenty of time. And so I'll take that on. And so we have about 70 volunteers. I'm overseeing all these volunteers. It was nuts. And then also in the middle of all that, I forgot to tell you, I was in the middle of my dissertation for my, my, my doctorate, okay? So I'm in the middle of all that. It was just insane. And then for one time during the summer, there was three weeks where my pastor, he, he had uh, gone on vacation for three weeks, and he asked me to preach as well. So I'm preaching. I'm leading worship. I'm in charge of all those things. It was insane. I mean, I don't know. I thank the Lord that somehow I'm still standing here today because it was, it was a pace that was unsustainable. And you guys probably have a story that's very similar to that. At some point in your life, maybe it's even a point right now where you'd say, I am, I'm running at a, a pace that I just, I know that I can't maintain. And that's kind of what burnout is. We have this complete mental and emotional, and even a physical, just complete breakdown. And sometimes it's even a spiritual breakdown. Do you know that 40% right now, 40% of full-time pastors in the United States are thinking about quitting this year? Almost half of all the pastors are thinking about quitting because of the pace that they're, they're at. 70% of 20 and 30-year-olds in the United States have dealt with some kind of burnout this year. We're all dealing with it in some ways. My question for you today is, how are you doing? How are you doing mentally? How are you doing emotionally, financially, spiritually, physically? And when some of those things begin to fall and we get, get out of whack a little bit, what happens is that can lead us down a path towards burnout. And so I pray that today that God kind of smacks you a little bit. <laughs> Just like Will Smith did to, what's his face, Chris Rock, right? You remember that? That was nuts. That was crazy. Please no one come up here and do that to me, okay? That'd make for good YouTube. But I pray that God would get a hold of you today. I pray that he would be able to, to correct maybe where, where you were going wrong. And for me as well, that he would speak into my heart and correct where I'm going wrong. For some of us in this room, you're like, you know what, that's a great story, but that's never going to happen to me. You know, I hope that's a warning to you. It's a warning that maybe you should learn from the mistakes of other people. And therefore, save yourself from a lot of heartache. You know, in my office, I had this candle. Or I did have this candle. It was this little candle, and I used to burn it all the time. And, and you know what candles do. They, they burn down. And it got to the point where there was, like, no wax left. And all that was left was like this little tiny sliver of a wick and then that, that metal thing at the bottom. You ever know that it's like there's a metal little thing at the bottom of a candle? Anyways, I just I didn't realize that. But I found that out, and I'm still trying to light that thing because I'm thinking there's a little bit left. You know, there's just a little bit um, left in that candle. Is anybody like that today? Where you just, there's, there is nothing left. You're just kind of at the end of your rope, you, like, just like this picture shows. That's what burnout is. It's just a complete exhaustion where you have nothing left to give. But here's the great thing. Just like a, a chef can make a great recipe, God has a, has a recipe for us. Something that can help us deal with our burn, burnout or also maybe even help prevent us from dealing with burnout. Look what Hebrews chapter 12 says. You ever, if you ever wanted to read a, a book of the Bible that kind of helped us 
explain the Old Testament and the New Testament and kind of merge them together, read the book of Hebrews. That's kind of what it's, what it's all about. But look what happens in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a, a huge crowd of witnesses to the faith, to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us, get this, run with endurance the race that God has set before us. What this passage is talking about, what this verse is talking about is that sometimes we're just running too fast. We gotta have some pace. It says we gotta run with endurance. And so today we're gonna talk about how we can do that in this life. Because here's the deal, life gets busy, tragedies happen, plans that you didn't have, you know, that you had go by the wayside, things you weren't expected happen. I get that. But God has a recipe for us of how we can actually run with endurance. And it says this. It says, look to these guys, these witnesses to the life of faith. Who are these guys? Well, if you go back to Hebrews chapter 11, one, ver- one chapter earlier, there's this, there's this list of all these heroes of the Old Testament. It says these are the heroes of the faith and explains their lives and the things they were doing, how they had faith in God and all those things. And it says, the very next verse, it says this. So since we're surrounded by these guys, let's learn from them. Let's run this race that God has called us to run. So that's what we're going to do today. Now, one of my mentors from afar, a guy that that I don't know, he doesn't know me, but uh, he's kind of a leadership guru, former pastor. His name's Kerry Newhoff. And if you're a leadership person in kind of that that world, you probably heard this guy. He has a great blog and podcast and all that kind of stuff. Um, But I've learned a lot from him because he dealt with with burnout. He's written books about it and blog posts and all that kind of stuff. And so I've gotten some some information that I'd like to pass on to you um, from him dealing with burnout. And so instead of telling you, hey, here's how you don't burn out, I'm going to give you some surefire ways to burn out, okay? Okay, some things, some ways that I absolutely, I guarantee you, it'll help you to burn out quickly, okay? Here's the surefire way, number one, to burn out. Keep being the CEO. Not the chief executive officer, but the chief everything officer. Anybody? Anybody one of those? Man, I... That is me. You can't speak in my language. I am a chief um, everything officer, and I've got to stop. It's, I'm working on it, okay? Um, I'm, I'm in recovery a little bit, but, but I, I'm like that. I am a, the chief everything officer. I want to be in charge of things. I want to be involved in things, and if we're not careful, it can burn us out. And one of the, the heroes of the faith that we need to look at who dealt with this was Moses. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Exodus chapter 18. We'll read a little passage out of there. But before we jump into that passage, there's the kind of the story of Moses, if you don't know much about this guy, but he became the, the leader of the Israelites when they were in captivity in Egypt. And you gotta think of all the things that Moses did. Here is his resume. He began to lead the people out by confronting Pharaoh, which was a huge ordeal. I mean, I was talking about being stressed out, talking about being burned out. He went through all those plagues and brought those um, to the Pharaoh. He's in charge of all that. He's God's mouthpiece um, for all of that. And then he leads the people out of, of um, Egypt during the Exodus. They have to cross the Red Sea. And then while they're in the desert, there's all these stories of the people getting upset about things and Moses as God's mouthpiece kind of stepping in and taking care of the situation and turning bitter water into to clean water and no water coming out of a rock. He strikes the rock. Um, there's all these, all these things that happen where Moses, God working through Moses, he begins to, to help um, the people. And one of the big things was is that there was this big battle. 
And if you remember the story, Moses, he goes up on the hill above this battle, and he's got his, his two uh, buddies next to him, his, uh, Aaron and Hur, okay? Um, and these two guys were his assistants. And the Bible says every time he rose his hands up, what happened? The Israelites, they, they were able to win in battle, okay? But then when he got tired, I mean, hands get tired, then, then they would start to lose. So his, his buddies helped him to hold, those, hold his hands up. And so Moses is this, this leader of leaders, and he's doing so many different things. I mean, if, if, if he had to write out a resume, it'd be, it'd be really long, okay? He'd be well qualified to be in any leadership position. And then Exodus chapter 18 happens. And I want us to look at this. After all this happened, here's what it says. The next day, Moses, he took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. So what was he doing? He was, he was a judge, so after doing all those other things, now he becomes a, a judge. And so he is he's sitting down, listening to people's disputes. And it says they waited before him from morning till evening. So this is a full-time job. Now he's a full-time judge. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, here's what he asked. What are you really accomplishing here? What are you doing? What are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone? While everyone stands around you from morning till evening. And Moses replied, well, because the people, they come to me to get a ruling from God. Like, they need me. And when dispute arises, they come to me, and I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees, and I give them his instructions. And here's, here's what Moses' father-in-law says. He says, he doesn't say, I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad that you married my daughter. You're an amazing individual, right? No, he says, this is not good. This is not good. He goes on and says this. You're going to wear yourself out. Not only yourself, but you're going to wear out the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. And so the story goes on where, where, Mo, where uh, Moses' father-in-law, he gives him some advice. He says, you need to delegate responsibility. I mean, simple stuff. Delegate responsibility. Get some other people involved in this, in this job, in this ministry, in this task, and, and bring, them, bring them along because you can't do it all yourself. And so Moses is like, okay, I'm thinking about that. And here's what, here's what his father-in-law says that will happen if you do that. If you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, then you'll be able to endure the pressures. And all these people will go home and peace. And God uses Moses' father-in-law to smack Moses upside the face, okay? Say, hey, you can't do this anymore. You can't be the CEO. You can't be in charge of everything. You have no margin in your life. You are stretched thin. And here's what's something that's very interesting. If you read this story, if you kind of look and flip your pages back and forth in the Bible and the book of Exodus, you realize there's something big that's about to happen. And I believe that, Mo, that God was telling Moses, hey, I've got something special in store for you, but you're not ready for it. You, you don't have any time for this. You don't have any margin for this. You're not set up as a leader to be able to do this. You know what he went to do right after this? Went up the mountain and got the Ten Commandments, okay? You know what that took to go and get the Ten Commandments? It mean that, mean that Moses, he couldn't be the judge, right? He couldn't be in charge of everything, he had to actually leave the people and go to hear from the Lord and get that message from God. Here's my question to you. Are you a CEO? 
Here's how you know if you're a CEO. CEO. Here's what you think. Well, no one can do it as good as me. <laughs> yeah, here we go. I'm just preaching myself today, okay? No one can do it as good as me. No one cares as much as, as, much as I care. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it alone. And honestly, I don't need anybody's help. I'm good. Or you might be someone that you think that things happen because of your magic touch. You know? Like, business happens because, man, I just I get involved. And I make all the right decisions and I take care of everything. Or ministry happens. I'm not, I don't have the spiritual gift of this to be in charge of this ministry or, or, or serve in this ministry, but, you know, it's not going to get done unless I do it. And only I can do it right. And so I'm going to get involved in this and, and do this ministry as well. Or, or for parents in this room or grandparents in this room, you get involved in your kids' lives so much, you want them to be just like you. You can't let them be themselves. Now, I'm guilty of this because you're like, my, my magic touch, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spread their life out in front of them and take care of everything, and I'm, I've got to fix everything. I've got to be in charge of everything. You know what this is called? It's called self-reliance, where you say, you know what? I'll be the Savior instead of relying on the Savior. I think a lot of us, we do that in different aspects of our lives. And just like Paul says, I'm the chief of sinners, <laughs> working on it. A lot of us are working on it. Look what Kerry Newhoff says, this, one of his quotes. He says this, when you convince yourself that nothing runs without you, eventually you can get to the place where nothing runs because you don't anymore. You get to the place where you burn out and everything you're trying to do, all the good you're trying to do just kind of falls apart. And more importantly than that, and more tragically than that, you actually fall apart. And that's what Moses was on the edge. Moses, he was on this edge. of He was about to burn out. Things were about to go bad. But God brought him back from the edge because he had something big in store for him. And here's what happened. Moses, he accepted that God wanted to use other people to do the work. We don't hear about these other judges that Moses you know, brought, brought into to leadership. But, man, they got some incredible stories they wouldn't have had if Moses said, you know what, I'm going to take care of it all. I'm going to do it all. Can you think of the, the judge that was able to step in and save that child who was, was abandoned? Or that woman that was being abused? That dispute of that family that was tearing that family apart, and that judge was able to, to judge rightly and justly over that? That would never have happened if Moses said, mm I've got it. I'll take care of it all by myself. And when Moses has this CEO mentality, what happens is he's hurting his relationship with God and what God wanted him to do, but he's also robbing other people from the, the chance to be used by God. So instead of, instead of continuing to be the CEO, here's what we need to do. Instead of doing, being like Moses, instead of being the CEO, here's what we need to do. We need to resign, okay? Monday morning, just walk right in. I resign, okay? Got to resign as a CEO, you got to let other people in. Honestly, this is big advice for myself. And my, our staff is all in the audience just smirking right now <laughs> because they know me. Like, I, I have a problem with this. I, I, I'm working on this. I need to let some things go and let other people do it. And they can probably do it better than I can. It's hard to say, but it's probably true. We need to let other people in and what God is doing. We need each other. In fact, the Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians. The Bible says a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Why do we have spiritual gifts? So we can help each other. 
We don't all have the same spiritual gifts. We're not all talented in the same areas. We have all these spiritual gifts so we can help each other. And all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. What it's saying is that we need each other to carry out God's work. We can't do it alone. So here's the deal. If you want to be burned out, just be the CEO. Be the CEO in ministry. Be the CEO in your family. Be the CEO in your business and all the things you're involved in. If you want to burn out, just be the CEO. So that was the first one. Here's the second surefire way, okay? It's going to get good. Live like you have no limits, <laughs> okay? Just run so fast and so hard like you have no limits. Like all the rules of life don't apply to you. The way God made us needing time off and rest, that doesn't apply to you. Just run like you have no limits. In fact, there's a guy in the Bible that, that did this. His name is Esau. I don't know if you remember Esau back in Genesis. Um, he is the twin brother of, of Jacob. And he, uh, we, we know about Jacob a lot because the, the nation of Israel comes through him. But his, their, their dad is Isaac. And their grandfather is Abraham. Man, that is a, a tough go as, as a grandchild, okay? It's a lot to, to live up to. And did you know that Isaac's favorite was not Jacob? His favorite was Esau. He loved Esau more. You wanna know why? It's because Esau was a people pleaser. What did he do? What was he in charge of? He was in charge of hunting and gathering. He was the man that always could be... Um, you know, counted on. He was that, that son that everybody could always run to for any type of help. He was that kind of guy. And so I be, believe he began to live and grow up that way to where he always ran to whatever problem was happening. He wanted to, to please people. That's what Esau was doing. And look what happens in Genesis. Genesis chapter 25, it says, one day, Jacob's brother is cooking some stew. You guys probably heard the story. Esau, he's arrived home from the wilderness, super excited and energized. No, what does it say? It says, he arrives exhausted and hungry. Can you imagine what all he was doing back in the day? They didn't have guns. They didn't have deer stands. They didn't have all this stuff, okay? I mean, he's out hunting with probably a bow and arrow, probably for days, walking, traveling, trying to trap animals, doing all those things. He gets back. Why is he going out and doing all those things? Because he wanted to please his dad. He wanted to please his dad. He arrives back and it says this. Esau said to Jacob, I am starved. Give me some of that red stew. And Jacob goes on and says, all right, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. And he goes on and says, look, Esau says, I'm dying of starvation. What good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob, he said, first you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all of his rights as the firstborn, firstborn to his brother Jacob. Here's was Jacob, uh, Esau's big problem, fatigue. He was mentally, physically, emotionally exhausted and starving. Anybody been that way? Where just, you're just, you've gone too fast for too long, and you couldn't take it anymore. You know what happened? Esau made a mistake in the middle of that. He made a terrible mistake because he wasn't, he wasn't thinking correctly. He made this life-changing decision to sell his birthright. And so we look at Jacob, right, as, as the guy, as, as the, the one that rose to the top. But Esau, he was the favorite, but he made a poor choice because he was exhausted. You know what they teach us in seminary? 
Number one rule in seminary, don't quit on Monday. <laughs> that's, that's the number one rule in seminary, okay? They teach us. Because what happens? Pastors want to quit on Monday because they're tired and they're exhausted and people, they spend all this time on the sermon and someone hated it or whatever, whatever, okay? You, that's fine if you hate it. That's fine. But, but, but on Mondays, man, we're, we're in a state where we should not be making any life-changing decisions. You ever been like that where you've had a project, a work project, you've, you've been... Uh, doing something with your family, and you're in this season of life where you just come to, come to the end of your rope and you're exhausted. You should not be making life-changing decisions at that time. So my question is, how do, you, how do you know if you've reached your limit? How can you gauge if you're, if you're at the end of your rope? Well, here's, here's a way you can do that. Answer these questions. When was the last time you took a day off? Okay, as your pastor, here's another one. When was the last time you skipped church? And spent time with the Lord? <laughs> Sounds kind of cliche or something you shouldn't say. But a lot of us, we do ministry to exhaustion. Because we want that, that ribbon of, I've had perfect attendance in Sunday school. You remember those you got, used to get when you were little? When was the last time you took some time off? When was the last time that you rested? When was the last time you went on vacation? When was the last time that you got some margin in your life? So you could start to do the things that you actually want to do. Because, you know, there's some things we all want to do, but what do we say? I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. Because we are running so hard and so fast for so long that we don't have time. We don't have time to get in shape. We don't have time to, to read that book that we've always wanted to read. We don't have time to do all those things that you're like, hey, that's on my bucket list to do. I'm just, I'm just too busy. And when we go too fast for too long, what happens is, is burnout. We go past our limit. And too many of us, we believe that it's not going to happen to me. You know, I can handle it. But constantly going and going and going is not healthy. You're neglecting the things that are most important to you. And honestly, probably the things that, that God wants you to do. The things you actually need to be able to thrive in this life. Like good health. Good habits exercise, eating right, like, okay, I'm speaking to myself again, okay? I'm like, I want to do those things, I just don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. Esau, he figured it out, but the problem is he figured it out too late. And I don't want you guys to figure it out too late. In fact, Hebrews chapter 12, we go back to it, 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 it describes what happened to Esau. It says, you know that afterwards when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected, and it was too late for repentance, even though... He begged with bitter tears. He realized what he did wrong, but it was too late for him. So instead of living like you have no limits, here's what you need to do. You got to recharge. You got to recharge. You got to recharge when you hit your limit. We live in a world of batteries, guys. I mean, right now, I got my iPhone in my back pocket. I got the iPad I'm preaching from. I got the iPhone on. Everything's got, everything's on a battery. All of us in this room, there's probably like 500 batteries going on, on in here in this, in this room. Some of you guys have cars that run off of batteries, and that's it. It's crazy, okay? But what happens? All of those at some time need rest. All those batteries, they need rest. They need to be recharged. They need to be plugged back in. In fact, this is what Jesus says back in Matthew chapter 11. Look what he says. Come to me, all you who are weary, carry up your burdens, and I will give you rest. What Jesus is saying here is that you and I need to pace ourselves. 
we got to pace ourselves and recharge. So we got to get some rest. we got to take some time off. we got to meditate on Scripture. we got to slow down. Those are the things that we got to do. Because the American life, you know what the American life tells us to do? It tells us to go, 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 go. Faster, 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 faster. But the Christian life says, slow down and trust in God and recharge. And then you can begin to live the life that God called you to live. Not that someone else wants you to live. Not what the world says for you to live. Not what your boss says that you have to live. But that God wants you to live. You got to recharge. But if you want to burn out, man, just live your life like you have no limits. And here's the third one. Here's the third surefire way to burn out. Let others control your schedule. This one's really practical. How many guys have a schedule that you might as well not even have one? Because <laughs> it never uh, materializes the way that you had planned. You can't let other people control your schedule. In fact, the best example is Jesus. Not that he did anything wrong, but that he did it perfectly right. Did you know that Jesus walked away from ministry, from ministering to people over two dozen times in the scriptures. There were two dozen lines of people that wanted to be healed. And Jesus was like, all right, my shift is over. <laughs> and he took off, okay? Well, why would he do that? I mean, think about, Jesus, don't you love all those people? Don't you want to heal all those people? Can you imagine me, the guy that was next in line, you waiting all day, and Jesus like, I gotta, I gotta go. But Jesus did this. He did this. Why? Because he didn't let other people control his schedule. Because there were people that were trying to manipulate him to doing certain things. And that was a negative manipulation. There's also some people that truly had things that, they, that needed to be done. And they were so important to him, or to them. But Jesus says, you know what? There's something else I'm supposed to do. Look what he says here in Mark chapter 1. In Mark chapter 1, there's a story. It says, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and he went out to an isolated place to pray. What was he doing right before this? The Bible says right before this, he'd spent like all day healing people. There's this giant line, okay, of, of, of people that needed to be healed. These at Peter's house, they said the, the whole town was around the house, and it went um, like way into the night. It says the very next morning, Jesus gets up, before the sun comes up, before anybody else up, he goes and gets away, and what does he do? He recharges, doesn't he? He gets recharged, and this says this, later Simon and the others, they went out to find him, and when they found him, they said, hey, everyone's looking for you. But Jesus replied, we must go on. We must go on to other towns as well. And I will preach to them too, because that is why I came. Here's a great principle. Jesus avoided burnout by not letting other people dictate his schedule. But many of us, we have a hard time saying no, don't we? <laughs> you know? And what happens is we become overcommitted, we become become overwhelmed and stressed out and burned out because we say yes to, to everybody else's things that need to be done, and we never say yes to the things that are most important to us. How many guys are truck men, truck guys? Truck. What happens to a truck guy? How many phone calls they get? Hey, man, I need some moving, and I heard you, <laughs> heard you have a truck, right? Like, when you're a truck guy, it's just something that, hey, when you buy the truck, you just know that you're going to be the guy that people call all the time. And you know what? Deep down inside, men, we, we like that, don't we? We want to be wanted. We want to be needed. 
And so we, we, we were like, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll help you out. I got, a, I got a big truck, you know, come on, I'll help you out. And what happens is all those truck guys, the schedule that they had, that, that dance recital they were supposed to go to for, with, for the kid, they show up late to. Why? Because they were, they were helping out a buddy. It's a great thing they're helping out a buddy, but it's not the thing that was most important to them. What happens is we do that, not just truck people, but all the time. We, we let other people dictate our, our schedules. But that's not what Jesus did. It's a trap, guys. It's a trap where we, we want to be wanted and needed. I, I want people to be like, man, Clayton's just, he's that guy that, that everybody can count on, you know? You never need a problem, just run to him. And he, hey, he's such a good guy, he'll drop anything to come and help you. You know what those people are called, the ones that drop anything to help everybody? You call them burned out people, okay? They're just flat out burned out because everyone else controls their schedule. And here's what Jesus did. He chose to do what was most important to him, even over things that were good, even over healing. He said, you know what? I've come to preach. I've got to go. I can't stay in this town. I've got, I've got a limited amount of time. I've got a lot of stuff I've got to do. And these things are more important to preach the gospel in these other towns. These other people... They're going to be okay. So here's what we need to do. We need to decide. you got to decide how you're going to spend your time. And decide it before other people decide it for you. And let me say this uh, kind of on the flip side of that. For some of us, we need, to, we need to stop making our urgencies someone else's emergency. You know? Like we don't realize we're always asking people for help to do things because we didn't plan very well. And now something becomes an emergency for us and we want it to be an emergency for someone else. We gotta stop doing that on the flip side. And I do that sometimes. And I'm like, man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I am taking something away, your time away with your kids, your family, uh, because I need some help because I, I planned poorly or whatever. Like we, we gotta stop doing that. We gotta stop doing that. But if you want to burn out, let other people control your schedule. If you want to do something different, if you want to be different in your life, control your schedule with boundaries. You got to have some boundaries in your life. You got to be able to say no to the things that are less important so that you can say yes to the things that are important, to the right things. Maybe spending time with God. If you say, if you, say you can't spend time with God because you're too busy and your schedule's out of whack, Right? If you say that you can't spend time with your kids, your schedule is messed up. We gotta set our priorities. We gotta set boundaries in our life. Here's the deal, guys. In all of the things we've talked about, all the different ways that we can burn out, the answer to all those things is Jesus. I know that sounds super simple, but it's true. He is the hope for the burned out person. If you're burned out this morning, I'll tell you, Jesus is the hope. He tells it to us back in Matthew chapter 11. He says, come to me. Man, if you're weary, if you got these heavy burdens, come to me and I will give you rest. He'll do that. In fact, Jesus, he's, he's the hope for the stressed out. He's, he's the hope for the, the depressed. He's the hope for the, the person that has anxiety. He's the hope for the person that's that stretched thin. He is the hope. He's also the hope for the lost. In a relationship without him, man, you're lost. 
you're lost. Maybe today is an opportunity for you to say, you know what, Clayton, I, I, I need that. I need, I've got these things. I am stretched out. I'm stressed out. I am burned out. I need help. I can't keep going on. Jesus is the answer. May we love to talk to you about that. Not just that Jesus can take care of those things, but he can take care of your sin and save you from your sins. He can do that. Now I'm going to give you an opportunity here in a second to make a response to do that. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But just remember, as we close this series, Jesus is the answer for all of these problems. It's not easy, but he's the answer. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus. Now, that's pretty amazing because there's so many different things in this life that we can hope after. Those things are like trying to hold water in our hands. They don't last. They weren't created to do that. But the perfect Savior can. He can wash all of our sins away so we don't have that burden anymore. He can take care of our anxiety. He can help us deal with our depression that's just bombarding us. When we're burned out, when we're stressed out, Jesus is our hope. Thank you, God, that you're our hope. You help us to think. You help us to come up with a strategy. You help us to make wise choices and wise decisions. And you give us a rock on which we can stand. And so thank you for that. And I pray for everyone in this room, those watching online today. If we're in a burned out state, I pray, Lord, that we'd be able to learn from the mistakes of people, even biblical characters. We also learn from the, the perfect Jesus of how to manage our time, how to set our priorities. God, so that we can have margin in our lives so we can live for you and love our families and love those who are lost and need a savior. Help us, God, to have time. Help us if we're burned out. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today at worship. We're so glad that you're able to join us. If you are ready to join us, hey, I wanna invite you next week. Come on, join us in service. Um, if not, that's fine. We love our online family as well. If you made a decision today, we would love to know about it. You can either put it in the comment section uh, or you could just email us at prayer at cbcawaso.org. We would love to hear about it. Remember, here at Central, we exist to live for Christ, love people, and make disciples. See you guys later.